Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Very excited about the future of Africa. I'm very excited about the impact of the future of Africa on the rest of the world, including the United States of America. Okay, so she's never going to be president. She wouldn't get elected president of your local civic organization. Uh, Too dopey. So let's forget about this. Uh, Forget about that. Now, here's the head guy. The topic is immigration, Michael. We're going to be going with uh, clip number 60. Uh, This is Joe Biden talking about why there's a crisis at the border. If you haven't heard this yet, brace yourself. He's gaslighting, but honestly, I think he's just full of you-know-what. The White House is trying to flip the script on the border story. President Biden tweeting this weekend, MAGA House Republican proposals would slash funding for border security, a move that could allow nearly 900 pounds of fentanyl into our country. We need more resources to the border, not less. Negative replies poured in, vastly outnumbering the likes and retweets, known online as getting ratioed. Honestly, does he believe that Americans are going to buy the fact that Republicans who have been screaming and stomping and going to the border for the last several years are actually looking to cut Border Patrol agents. Biden has not uh, provided the proper resources uh, to our agency. So it came, it came back on. So uh, that is perhaps a new level. The president's saying, yeah, we have a crisis at the border. It's because the Republicans keep cutting funding to secure the border. And Republican policies, the quote was so weird and childlike, 
have uh, the Republican policies will allow 900 pounds of fentanyl in. Not 850, not 7,000, but what a weirdly specific number. And in what ways do Republican policies let in that much fentanyl? It was just bizarre and childlike. And, you know, speaking for myself, I hear people say, yeah, as a... Uh, Biden is almost certainly going to be running again. He's waiting to make the announcement. He's like, how, how in the world could you run him again? I just don't even get it. That is crazy talk. You know, as long as we're doing a little news digest, just uh, flipping around um, the topics of the day. Uh, is anybody paying attention to Israel? I don't, I don't get the idea that they are. I see it on the news a lot, but nobody's brought it up to me in real life and uh netanyahu's backing up of his vow to reform the judiciary apparently so we'll just leave that there we'll let them uh sort it out so anyway if you're just tuning in yes we have addressed the terrible terrible shooting in nashville we have not wallowed in it because that's not our practice but the number of people who are trying to create some sort of bizarre transgender topic around the shooting is uh I don't know. I guess it's just a measure of how crazy we are now. Or is it just a measure of how anybody who can fog a mirror now can be heard online? Maybe that's well, it. Well, so are you, you're amazed that people are trying to get a transgender conversation around this going or aren't? I'm mostly amazed, amazed that people aren't addressing it all, which is fine because I don't, I don't have any reason to think that it's got anything to do with it. It's yet another crazy person who wanted to kill a bunch of people, and that's a disease we've got nation a disease of nihilism, Tim Sandifer called it in hour number two, if you want to hear that conversation. Great but, interview, by the way. Yeah. But you gotta admit that if it were the reverse, if a Christian went into some sort of transgender school or whatever it would be or and festival or rally or something like that. Shot yeah. a bunch of people. That would be the only topic in America. It would be as if that were the only thing that had happened. No, it's not a crazy person. It's the it's all the anti-transgender rhetoric that is flying around in the right-wing media. That's what it would be like. Well, do you still have that headline you mentioned from before? I do. NBC News, Benjamin Ryan. NBC has ID'd the Nashville school shooter's Audrey Hale, 28, who identifies as transgender and had no previous criminal record. Nashville is home to the Daily Wire, a hub of anti-trans activity by Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, and Michael Knowles. And he gave their Twitter handles. What a dishonest, ugly, immoral, twisted way to present the information. Sentence number two by this NBC News drone is Nashville is home to the Daily Wire, a hub of anti-trans activity. The implication being, obviously, and unless you're a stupid idiot, you're already way ahead of me. The implication being that this person who is a good, honest, decent transgender person was provoked, tortured, frightened into this by Ben Shapiro and company, Matt Walsh. Well, it's even dumber than that. I missed how dumb it is the first time around. So, yeah, it's implying that it's somehow justified. I mean, it's a little justified because, you know, you see the transgender rhetoric coming out of these people, uh, which is an, just uh, an unconscionable thing to say. Um, and, and I, I don't throwing in that they had no previous criminal record is part of him making that weird case. Oh, wow. So driven to yeah. this behavior by... 
Also, the fact that they're based in Nashville. Who pays any attention to where their media is based out of and then reacts in that town? That's just absurd. Yeah, I mean, this fails on like every conceivable measure. I, grammatically, it's pretty good, I guess. But, but so if Ben uh, again, Shapiro intellectually, was... morally, uh, philosophically, it fails on every level. Benjamin Ryan should be talked to forcefully. But if Ben Shapiro was saying the same things, but still based out of Los Angeles, it wouldn't have had an effect. That's I mean, right. that doesn't... children would still be alive. That's what he is hinting at. Now, of course, Benjamin Ryan doesn't have near the testicles to say out loud what he is suggesting. So he hints darkly at it, which is the sort of intellectual cowardice that just runs hot through so much of our our media. They hint broadly at things, but they don't have the guts to say them. Yeah. That's well, something. partly because, and, and I've, I've dealt with this sort of person for a long time. They don't have the emotional maturity to accept the fact that they're either wrong or they don't quite have the answer yet, but they want to score points. They really, really want to score points. So they say things like Nashville is the home to the Daily Wire, a of, hub of anti-trans activity, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and they n- nod their head knowingly. And people who agree with them, who are also halfwits, nod their heads knowingly and act like they've really scored, really put up some points on the evildoers on the right. Oh, come on. But you're right. If it's a conservative-ish narrative that you could conceivably hang around a tragedy like this, the narrative is the only thing that matters. But if it's a Bernie supporter, the narrative doesn't exist. It's a sick, sad individual. Clearly, you people, the ones who are doing this intentionally scare me because they're vicious and dishonest. And I'd prefer the world not have vicious, dishonest people in it. But the people who don't know that they're doing that they're cultists. They're like, uh, you know, the Hitler Youth or, or the Red Guard in Mao's China. They're convinced of their righteousness and are beating people down in the streets, utterly convinced that they're right. So if you're on one side of this argument, you believe that we can take on this problem with a couple of pieces of legislation around guns. But if you don't believe that, and I don't believe that, boy, what do you have? I mean, even if you gave me the, the, the power of a dictator to say, okay, you get to do two things to try to stop school shootings, I wouldn't have the slightest idea what to do. Would you? No. No. I mean, um, maybe, well, yeah, but it, they, they would be long-term societal solutions. Maybe I'd go with the one that we've been ranting and raving for years that I think the media has gotten better at, not making folk heroes out of these shooters. I might, if I was a dictator, make it illegal to post their picture and name and manifesto, because I definitely think that would do some good. But, boy, outside of that, I can't think of anything. Major cultural change. I might. I was just going to say I might require every news report to include a mantra, something like, this is a sad, sick mentally ill individual who will be forgotten immediately that couldn't hurt but if we do have a disease of nihilism as tim said earlier nihilists don't care 
about that. In fact, it kind of feeds into their whole view of the world. Uh, 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 Somehow, people need to re-find a sense of purpose when they get up in the morning that is bigger than them. And if it's not religion or having kids or patriotism or whatever else that nobody cares about anymore, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't want to make light of this because there's nothing funny about it, but it, it, it the question that we're dealing with here, it occurs to me, is what leverage do you have over a nihilist? None. How do you convince a nihilist of something? It, it reminds me of the old uh, conundrum, everything I say is a lie, including this. So is that true or not? Um, it's a conundrum. No, you can't. You can't. Once a person is a nihilist, that's that's why it's the people have to have a reason when they get up in the morning other than um, uh, pleasing themselves. Because that yeah. brings you no happiness. If that's your goal, you will be a nihilist. You will be unhappy because that doesn't get you anywhere. Well, just according to you and every religion and every philosophy that has ever taken hold in humankind. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a problem. Now that's a problem. Anti-nihilist legislation, clearly. If anybody w- exhibits signs of nihilism, re-education camp. I wish I actually believed, like uh, a lot of the country does, that, you know, you, you ban this specific gun, we'd take care of this whole problem. Kids won't die anymore. I wish I actually thought that was true, but it's not. You know, maybe we can stage some sort of high-level confab uh, they, who who does it? There's a Toronto University, I think it was Toronto, that had that conversation between uh, Douglas Murray and um, and uh, what's his face? The uh, I can picture him, but I can't think of his name. You know, with the curly hair, the curly haired guy, <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell, and and a couple of other folks. And and uh, although Gladwell just embarrassed the crap out of himself, and I went from a fan to a I wouldn't read him if he sent me a love note. Um, (laughs) But can we somehow get the sport of really smart people talking through issues to be popular again? I don't know. Maybe it's hosted by a woman with big breasts or or they have, I don't know, an American gladiator thing at the midway point or something. I don't know how to get people to watch, but man, we could use some intelligent discussions. Every once in a while, I'll come across a clip of either... um, uh, William F. Buckley's show that he used to have. What was that show? He had, uh, or Dick Cavett. Dick Cavett used to have a TV show in the daytime if you're old enough. And they'd have conversations at a level you never see now. Like for daytime TV. Even Phil Donahue. Yeah. Gabbing with Milton Friedman. I mean, that was way, way better than anything we've got going on. Yeah, we do not have intelligence conversations anymore. Absolutely. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Armstrong and Getty Show. Pop culture loves to portray men as being very simple and shallow, like we'll get together and we'll just talk about sports all day. We'll never get into anything about our personal lives. And I guess women don't realize there's a reason for this. From birth, it was my understanding that the most noble thing you can do as a man is not be a burden on other people. It's not a burden to talk about sports or video games or Warhammer figures, but it is, in our perception, a burden to talk about our jobs, our relationships, and so on. So the arrangement you wind up with is, because I like you, I'm not going to burden you. That's interesting. That's good stuff. Yeah. It is. Huh. I'm, I'm not sure about the examples he used there. I, uh, I don't talk about some of those things. Some video game reference stuff there that I didn't quite get, but yeah, the older, the overall theme uh, it was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, we got an email from a listener who's become part of a new men's organization. It's uh, I think three uh, F. It's uh, fitness fellowship and faith or something like that, and they work out, but then they it's a men's fellowship group too. Um, which I think is really cool and interesting. I may look into it, although I think they do most of their stuff in the morning, and I'm kind of occupied. Um, uh, but uh, do you get to wear a fez? You can wear a fez. Nobody's going to stop you. This is America, my friend. That's right. Uh, but the the America of not too long ago had many, many, many opportunities for fellowship among men, whether it was at church, bowling league. Uh, softball league, um, uh, the Kiwanis Club, uh, you know, a hundred different civic organizations, uh, backyard barbecues, ice cream socials, just uh, lots and lots of stuff for the fellows to get together. Sounds like a way to perpetuate toxic masculinity to me. Oh, my God. I'd, if I were Harry Potter, I would hit you with the Cruciatus curse right now because you have it coming. <laughs> all right. <laughs> We want to get this story out of somewhere in the east on the air about another uh, chemical spill that caused people to have drinking water scare. Water whiplash in Philadelphia. The city assuring Philadelphians the water coming out of their taps is safe to drink, at least for today. 
but residents are not taking any chances after news of a nearby chemical spill. This all started Friday night when Trinseo, a manufacturing company 20 miles north of Philadelphia, had what it called an equipment failure, releasing an estimated 8,100 gallons of latex emulsion product into a creek that flows into the Delaware River, one of Philadelphia's main sources of water. By Sunday morning, the city said it could not be 100% sure chemicals wouldn't end up coming out of taps and recommending using bottled drinking water. By the afternoon, a new alert from the city said based on the latest sampling results and the time it takes for water to flow, they are confident tap water will remain safe to drink at least until midnight, but encouraged <laughs> residents to fill up using the tap just in case. The confusion leaving Philadelphians prioritizing caution while waiting for clarity on their water. If you tell people the drinking water's good till midnight, nobody's drinking the water today at all. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and buy some bottled water. You know? Oh, no, no, no. You can swig it down at 1130. 12.01, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, that's your latest estimate, is it there, chum? 8,100 gallons of that chemical? Ugh. Our water's good till midnight. That's hilarious. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Officials in California recently responded after a truck overturned and spilled a load of 10,000 empty wine bottles onto the road. They hadn't seen that many empty wine bottles since week two of COVID lockdown. <laughs> hey oh, Important headline for you. If you've seen, seen the scare headlines in the state of California. According to Jesse Gabriel, Democrat of Woodland Hills lawmaker in california there's zero percent chance there's going to be a ban of skittles headlines are 
California is looking to ban Skittles, hot tamales, gummy bears, nerds. Name your because favorite of their candy. effect on America's youth. Skillets and iced tea. Skillets, because a bunch of different chemicals are in there, but they are going to ban the chemicals. But the I guess the belief is that the companies will adjust and remove those chemicals. It's got to do like the some kind the of red dye, dye right? or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, certain kind of red dye or whatever, and that the companies will adjust and take that out of there, so you'll get to still have your skittles and. That's one thing. California is such a dominant state. It can cause, for instance, I know this because I'm a motorcyclist, it can cause motor motorcycle manufacturers to make a certain kind of motorcycle to fit California's rules because California is such a big deal mm. um, when the rest of your country doesn't care. My, my parents always joke about will cause cancer in California because every product they buy of any kind, whether it's a ladder or a drug, says may cause cause cancer in California, <laughs> which is kind of funny if you think about it. It's absolutely hilarious. Well, the Radio Ranch, the very building the station's housed in, there's a sticker by the door explaining that this building contains substances and and uh, you know chemicals that could conceivably cause cancer. It's a freaking building. It's an office building. What am I going to do? Stand outside and shout my uh, my instructions to my coworkers, or, or, or the idea that you have to be warned that the very building, and if 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 our building might cause cancer, every building in America might cause cancer. It's sure, just, it's hilarious. Well, we know what it is, though. It's so that you can't sue them and say I didn't know there was a chance I could get cancer from being around stuff, and uh, then you sue and get a big chunk of money from whoever owns the building or whatever business you're working for or whatever right. it's just insane i don't know how we break out of this uh nutty lifestyle i'm trying to remember the last time i had any candy in my mouth of yeah. any sort i was just thinking about that I, like candy like that like i i might i have a chocolate bar like if i'm starving and getting a shaky a snickers bar really fix that for me but like having a box of nerds <laughs> i don't think i've ever had nerds but uh or airheads or <laughs> Like, I can't imagine. Maybe some of you do. I can't imagine wheeling in the convenience store, getting a cup of coffee and a little box of hot tamales. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, wow. What am I, Oof. eight years old? Now, an airhead, no, a lemon head. Now, that was a candy. That was a fine candy. Mm. Yeah, what lemon, happens to you? Lemony, lemoniness. Yes? What happens to you for most adults to where you just have no interest in that whatsoever? And what does that mean, like, evolutionarily? Why? Why do you have such a sweet tooth as a kid, but not as an adult? There's got to be a reason that's a million years old. Well, and there's a certain kind of sweet, apparently, because, like, I still love a piece of chocolate cake and can really want it, but I never want a box of Skittles. No. No, that's disgusting. <laughs> it is uh, disgusting. An I do Altoid. like the occasional gummy bear. Huh? You like the occasional gummy occasional. bear? Occasional. Well, that's but, a... You. you know, the gummy bear, Michael, is admittedly, that's a candy you spend a little time on. That's about the texture as much as the flavor. It's it's practically a piece of gum. Well, I don't I don't like me, and, and I'm a single man. A single man cannot be caught eating gummy bears, or you really are going to fit into that statistic of never having sex uh, that we were talking about earlier. Sit there gummy on your bears? couch. Sit there on your couch with your bag of gummy bears propped on your belly. It's good luck. It's we did get fine. this 
we got a text uh, from someone said, I'm a 75-year-old woman, and I have more sex than a third of 30-year-old men, which I thought was interesting. Wow. Given that statistic we had earlier. Go, Granny, go. Uh, so speaking of fitness and health and that sort of thing, uh, I came across this piece by um, uh, Andrew McCarthy, but it's not that Andrew McCarthy. It's a different Andrew McCarthy, I'm pretty sure. Too uh, many Andrew just... McCarthys. Amen to that. Um, but I don't even know why this caught my eye. It was uh, just kind of a uh, bottom of the bottom of the bottom of the scroll of the New York Times site. Whatever the problem, it's probably solved by walking is the title of this. And I like taking walks. I, I have for a long time, and I do more and more now that my kids are grown and, and I have time. Sometimes I'll listen to a podcast. Often I won't. I'm trying to discipline myself to just be alone with my own thoughts, look at the trees, and, and see what that does my brain. Hmm. And some days I feel like that was a really good idea. Some days I think I should have listened to a podcast. Anyway, when you walk, do you swing your arms alternately or together? Seriously? Yeah. Alternately, because I'm not an ape. I've known a few people who, when they walk, they swing their arms together. Like parallel. At the same time. At the parallel. same time. Both front, both back. Both front, no, both back. really? Yeah. Huh, that's odd. I find well, it difficult to each to walk their like own. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, let me read some of this to you, because I think you'll, you'll be impressed, um, certainly by the collection of quotes about walking. He says, walking is the worst kept secret I know. Its rewards hide under every step. Perhaps because we take walking so much for granted, many of us ignore its ample gifts. In truth, I doubt I would walk often or very far if its sole benefit was physical, despite the abundant proof of its value in that regard. It is really good for you to get up and take a walk. There's something else at play in walking that interests me more, and with the arrival of spring, attention must be played. And then he mentions that he does something a friend of mine did and that's the 500 mile a walk across spain on the camino de santiago an ancient pilgrimage route it's like the appalachian trail kind of but in europe and and my friend mike he speaks of it in in spiritual terms and we'll come yeah. back to that in a, a moment but yeah i've yeah. read about that it is like the appalachian trail with a lot more cervantes mm. than you get uh, you know more tortillas Hippocrates, he of the Hippocratic Oath, proclaimed, quote, walking is man's best medicine. The good doctor also knew that walking provided more than mere physical benefits when he suggested, quote, if you are in a bad mood, go for a walk. If you are still in a bad mood, go for another walk. That's awesome. My parents were regular walkers after dinner every night, starting when I was young and always did it. And I credit hmm. that to their health in uh, old age. Good for them. That's beautiful. Uh, so he was alluding to what so many who came after would attest, that walking not only nourishes the body, but also soothes, soothes the mind while it burns off tension and makes our troubles recede into a more manageable perspective. The mm. most stressful point in my life was the mid-90s, mid-late 90s, when our careers, we were making a living, but they hadn't taken off. We had, everybody was saying, you know, we'd do great, we'd be the next big thing, but it just didn't take off. I had three kids barely getting the bills paid and starting to wonder, am I doing the right things with my life? I would take walks and think. That's how I brought the stress down. Um, I'll talk more about that another time, but Kierkegaard. How did it turn out? Yes. Poorly. Poorly. 
That's why I'm such a big fan right now of Fuller Brushes. And if you'd like to order some, call me personally. Here's my number. 555. Soren Kierkegaard said, quote, I know of no thought so burdensome that one cannot walk away from it. Charles Dickens, quote, if I could not walk far and fast, I think I should just explode and perish. Wow, this stuff is great. The Welsh poet and sometimes vagabond W.H. Davis wrote, Now shall I walk or shall I ride? Ride, pleasure said. Walk, joy replied. Boy, that's a good one. Oh, dude was pithy. huh? That's so good. Now shall I walk or shall I ride? Ride, pleasure said. Walk, joy replied. That reminds oh. me of... That reminds me of fear knocked on the door. Faith answered. There was no one there. Son of a. <laughs> Touch them all, Jack. Touch them all. That one's out of the park. Home run. Walking buoys the spirit in a way that feels real and earned. It feels owned. And walking like a generous partner meets us more than halfway. William Wordsworth swore by walking, as did Virginia Woolf. So did William Blake. Thomas Mann assured whoa, us. Whoa, 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 whoa. Vir- Virginia what? Woolf killed herself. You can't use people who eventually commit suicide. She'd for- have killed herself way earlier if she hadn't walked. Idiot. Thomas Mann assured us, quote, thoughts come clearly while one walks. J.K. Rowling observed that, quote, there's nothing like a nighttime stroll to give you ideas. No, I'm not going to listen to transphobes either. you got to find people on the list. Jeez, Louise, you, you are something today. You're coming out of your shoes. <laughs> Turn of the 20th century novelist Elizabeth von Arnhem concluded that walking, quote, is the perfect way of moving if you want to see into the life of things. God, that is great. I'm, I'm a big walker pretty much anyway, uh, but this is uh, going to add to my momentum. I know this fired me up so much, and then the weather turned to crap. Yeah, uh, let's yeah, but my parents, more. I, my parents, and it was a good example to set for me, and I would like to set that example for my kids. They, they would walk, and there uh, there was hardly any weather that would stop them. You just walk, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. Well, then you yeah. walk in the rain. Yeah, indeed. Uh, let's see. So, uh, Bill Bryson calls walking the tranquil tedium. Uh, uh, Jean-Jacques Rousseau admitted, quote, there's something about walking that animates and activates my ideas. Even the resolutely pessimistic Friedrich Nietzsche had to give it up for a good saunter when he allowed, quote, all truly great thoughts are conceived while walking. And then the final note, because I'm about to wear you out. Um, Although Rebecca, uh, writer Rebecca Solnit, whose work I do not know, pointed out that walking is how the body measures itself against the earth, which I thought was interesting. But so this guy did that Camino walk in Spain and he loved it so much. He did it with his 19 year old son. And on the last day of our walk, my son turned to me, he writes and said, Dad, that's the only 10 out of 10 thing I've ever done in my life. That's awesome. I knew he had arrived not only in Santiago de Compostela, but more meaningfully in himself. Oh. Again, touch them all. Four bagger. Um, you know, uh, the exercise part of walk, undeniable. The clearing your head part, I really like walking, listening to a podcast. I get great enjoyment out of it. But I wonder if it does cut off a whole bunch of the benefit. Maybe some of both. 
Although, I don't know, it could be said that you're taking in ideas and processing them, which is not a bad thing. It's not like you're playing a, a mindless video game while you walk, right? You're, you're taking in ideas. Right. And finally, this one. And if you live in the desert, I'm sorry, but Henry David Thoreau said, quote, I took a walk in the woods and came out taller than the trees. Whoa. But again, if you live in Phoenix, you're screwed. I mean... I took a walk in the desert and came out sandier than the sand. I don't even know what you'd say. <laughs> don't don't waste your time. Stay home Hulk in the air conditioning. Than a cactus, I don't know. <laughs> um, that's good stuff. I will walk today because of that. We that's will finish strong, here, friends. <laughs> we will finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. talking about the unrest in israel yesterday which i took in a long podcast on it and even with some super duper experts on israeli politics people who do this for a living it's very complicated and they're kind of guessing as to what's going on there there's just kind of a something exploded in the culture of unhappiness and they're not exactly sure what's going on wow that's interesting because it's it's crossing all kinds of political lines that don't make any sense. It's got Boy, a little does that of remind the you um, of a lot of the things we've been talking about in yes. the United States or what? Yes, it's got a little of the 2016 uh, Trump getting elected, where you got people that voted for Obama voted for Trump. Like, you know, people just aren't happy. 
Um, yeah. how do you, how do you, how do you explain that? And then there's some of that going on in Israel right now. But one of the particular things that has people taking this very seriously is there are roughly 200 Israeli Air Force Reserve pilots that notified their units that they would not be reporting for their weekly duty, which I didn't realize what a big deal that was. First of all, uh, because Israel is such a small country and their military, while, uh, quite amazing is very small compared to ours and 200 pilots is a lot but you have to train on that uh, on being an air force pilot like all the time or you lose your skills i wish i understood that better i'd never heard this before so a guy was explaining how if, if first of all if you miss four times you have to go every week to train first of all if you're a reserve air force pilot you have to go every week and train every week even wow. while you're in reserves and um, if you miss four weeks, you're not allowed. You have to, like, retrain to do it because that's how quickly your skills fall off. And one guy in this podcast I was listening to who had done that, talking about how if he missed a week, when he got back in there, he could feel what how many steps backwards he'd taken. I don't understand what that is. Do you know what that is? Is it hand-eye coordination? or I don't even know what it is. You know, just judging by what I know about it and have observed about it, I would guess... Part of it, it's it's a it's a sophisticated machine, but you've got to be. It's almost like playing a musical instrument. If you're struggling to remember the notes, you're not playing it well. Um, you've got to get beyond the notes um, to, you know, how do I explain this in terms of a of flying a fighter jet? You can't be trying to remember which button does what. It's got to be second nature to you. And the second thing is it's so physical, I'm guessing. You've just got to work those muscles a lot. Well, culturally, across political uh, affiliations, they have been in agreement throughout Israel's history. Now, doing your military service is something you do. We all do that. We'll have our disagreements. We all do that. So the fact that 200 of these pilots have decided they're, they're willing to say they wouldn't show up is a big deal. Shocking. Yeah. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Yeah. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Michelangelo, our technical director. Lead us off, Michael. Yeah, my wife and I, we took a big walk yesterday and made Chinese stir fry. So, yes, walking can bring you lots of joy. Walk and walk. You see what I did there? There you go. Wow, nice. So Went synonyms. right by me. Too clever. Yes. Are they synonyms or homonyms? Homonym. They're homonyms. Homonyms. Homonym, homonym, homonym. Jack, do you have a final thought for us? So, uh, in the lunchroom area, we got, like, all this stuff that you can buy. Like, they do a lot of workplaces, and a whole bunch of it is candy. And I've always wondered, is anybody eating this? It's you, Michael? Because I always wondered, who is a grown-up no, in the I workplace... Don't Who's eating gummy bears? They got bags of gummy bears over there. I've always wanted to like camp out and just watch all day long to see who do I work with who's so depraved they come and get a bag of gummy bears. Oh, I don't get the big bag. I just get one or two, like small ones, you know? That's weird behavior from a grown man. We we ought to have a uh, roast beef carving station. That's what I would enjoy. Right. Nice pasta dish. I don't know. Or the horrifying chemicals that are in Slim Jims, but not gummy bears. 
My final thought, we didn't get to the special risks for older people using marijuana. We'll get to that tomorrow. Granddad, do not get your bong on tonight until you hear the Armstrong and Getty Show. Wow, I would have guessed the opposite. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. The hot links are there. You can drop us an email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Any thoughts on what we were talking about today? Let us know. Man, we talked about a lot of heavy, heavy subjects that are going to affect us for hundreds of years to come. Oof. See you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. It's simple. They love each other. Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind. It is what it is. Yeah. How do you know? I know. I talked to him. Are you don't you think that's a little odd? Yo. Oh, what the hell are you talking about? So let's go out with a bang. I know I was chasing all sorts of things in a positive way. Booty? Um, uh, booty, certainly. And on that possibly nightmare-inducing note. Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.